Well, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? As Adam said, uh, if we haven't met, my name is Ian. I, um, it's very untidy on the stage here this morning. I'm just going to have a little tidy up. It's like, it's like being at home. Um, my name's Ian. I um, lead the eldership team here. If we haven't met, I'd love to chat to you afterwards. As Adam said, there will be uh, tea and coffee afterwards. So stick around. And, uh, and then get out and enjoy the lovely weather. It's very spring-like, isn't it? even had shorts on yesterday. You'll be pleased to know that I'm not wearing them today. I thought I would save you the paleness for now. But um, anyway, we're going to be doing things slightly differently this morning. If you are visiting, if you're here for the first time today, we normally preach through the Bible. We're currently going through a, a series on, a, on the book of Ephesians. And we're doing that right up until the summer. But today we're doing things slightly differently and we are uh, just hearing what God has been doing. That we believe that what it says in the New Testament happens today. People get uh, added into the kingdom. People get uh, saved and uh, healed. So we believe that happens today. So we're going to be hearing about what God is doing. But just a couple of things I wanted to share really before we get into all of that. Um, You may know we started the discipleship tracks at the beginning of the year Um, where everyone came here on a Wednesday and we did the Bible course and the fruitfulness on the front line. I did do that once, I should remember, fruitfulness on the front line. Um, And now we're going into the next season of meeting as connect groups. Again, we're looking to relaunch that on the third week of May, so that's the week commencing the 15th, I think. Um, And some of the groups will be reforming, so Ruben's group, um, probably the Salters and McCormack's. We're just going to meet. I'm meeting some of the leaders this week just to discuss the finer details of that. There's potentially a daytime group starting as well. Um, And all of the information is going to be coming out in the next week or so. You'll be able to sign up for a group. But basically, we haven't got all this sorted. We are human. We're not perfect at everything. And we're trying to just work out how we do groups and discipleship and and life together. Um, But we're looking for people to open their homes and lead groups as well. So... Uh, if you've been here for longer than, you know, a few weeks, we would come and speak to me. Um, if you've just turned up for the first time today, we're not looking for you to lead a house group. Um, pre- people that have been through the membership course, uh, we want to, people to open up their homes and lead groups. So there'll be a variety of groups across different days, um, and that'll all hopefully become clear in my head and yours over the next few weeks. Um, I just wanted to, as well, just re-emphasize what Adam said about membership. If you haven't gone through the membership uh, course, I would really encourage you to do that. Um, it's, it's, we've been encouraged, actually, by the increasing numbers on Sunday mornings, but actually we want, we want to get people involved in church life. And as Adam said, it, it kind of helps you understand who we are, what we believe about lots of important things and doctrines and topics that are around today and where we stand on that. And it's important that you know where we stand and we know where you stand because actually as church elders, we take it very seriously how we lead the church and how we shepherd the flock. One day, Adam and I and Andre and Jeeves will stand before God and have to answer for how we have led this church. And that is very serious for us, and we take that very seriously. So it's important for us to get to know you, and there's an accountability in that. So please, if you haven't uh, done a membership course, sign up, and it will be good. Jeeves and Adam are going to be leading that, so it's going to be a great time. 
A couple of other things as well. Uh, we're still involved in our work supporting the churches in Ukraine. I am going out uh, at the end of May. I'm flying out uh, just to buy supplies in Krakow and uh, then hand the stuff over to the guys in the vans who will then drive straight back into Ukraine. Uh, we've been doing that since, well, over a year now. Um, it was over a year ago I went on the first uh, trip with a couple of other churches from the area. Um, and we're also driving out again in June. Um, so we're looking to gather donations from the beginning of June for the trip um, at the end of June. So, and we'll send out more information about that. We're also, um, on the 17th of September, I don't know if you, some of you have been around long enough to remember the international days that we used to do. Um, we'll be doing another one of those where we basically just celebrate the nations. And um, we'll have a meal here and people will bring food from their kind of national dishes, that sort of thing. You know, we'll bring fish and chips, is that? Shepherd's pie? Anyone else got any, any other British dishes you want to throw in, anyone? Coronation chicken. It's quiche, isn't it, apparently, this time? Coronation quiche. That Cheesecake. We pray for the multiplication of cheesecakes. No, um, I said I was going to stop joking about that. Um, but yes, so that will be... But on the, on the 17th of September as well, we are 85% sure Andre Bondarenko, uh, who heads up the Ukrainian churches, will be coming to speak on that day. So... Um, Put that, put that in your diary, 17th of September, and bring some food. Now, this morning, I just want to pray that God will stir our hearts for what we're going to hear this morning. And I pray, actually, that as we listen to this, God will give you a fresh gift of faith. So I'm going to pray right now. Why don't we just all for a moment close our eyes and just have a moment before God and ask him, Lord, will you stir my heart afresh for you? And ask him... That list of gifts in Corinthians, the gift of faith is in there. So Lord, we ask you now for a fresh deposit of faith. We believe you are a mighty working God. You are miraculous. You do things that we can't believe sometimes, Lord. So we ask you now for a fresh gift of faith in us. Amen. Amen. This is good to share testimony. In, in um, Psalm 145, it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. And they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness and that's what we're doing today we are making much of his glorious splendor and all that he does of his mighty awesome deeds um, when we share testimony it raises faith we see Paul in Acts 21 and 22 giving a detailed account of how he came to faith uh, he included the supernatural he talked about how he heard a voice from heaven how he was struck blind how he then saw again and we need to not leave out those supernatural bits because God is a supernatural God. Uh, the Apostle Peter emphasises the place of personal encounter and testimony. And he reminds the early Christians in 2 Peter, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So, 
We're going to hear from people this morning. There's going to be a couple of videos that we're going to watch as well. And we're going to pray at the end. There's some things we want to pray for, and Alpha being one of them. Firstly, though, I just want to read um, a testimony from Abby Still. And um, I'm just really impressed with how Abby just, just shares her faith in Jesus with people. And she sent me this testimony this week. It says, A year and a half ago, I worked with a man for a day gardening. I shared my testimony with him and the gospel and gave him a Bible from the boot of my car. I remember he was so happy to receive the Bible. He was in a really bad place. I messaged him details of a church near him and a local alpha. And I got a text a few weeks ago after not having spoken in a year, year and a half, and saying he'd given his life to God and got rid of all new age and occult practices. And recently I had the pleasure of attending his baptism I also wanted to do, I've always wanted to do these sorts of things for God and for people, but I thought because of my speech impediment that wasn't possible. But it wasn't true. And after stepping out, I soon discovered that actually it's not us that does the work. All we have to do is step out in obedience and share. And then suddenly, it's not us talking, it's God speaking through us. And I want to encourage you all that if you take that small step in obedience, God will run to you and do the rest. He does all the work, not us. He's just looking for obedience. All glory to him. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Um, We're going to move on now. We're going to actually see a video. Now, if you were at the weekend away, um, you would have seen this video already, but we just think it's so good and so worth showing. It's it's Andre's video, and Andre has gone viral this week. He doesn't realise he's not been in the country, but Andre has gone viral this week. So we're just going to hear the story of Andre and Lewis on the video. Right. About two years ago, this was October 2021, I was going to church one evening for a prayer meeting. Um, and as I was driving to church across uh, Child Bridge Lane, bridge that crosses the M26, uh, I saw a car that was parked in a strange way. On my way back from the, from the prayer meeting, the car was still parked there. So I thought, well, this is, this is a strange place for someone to park. And, but I, I passed it first, um, but then thought, no, I better turn around and go and see what it's about. There was a bloke sitting in the car, a young, young lad, and he was going through his phone and I could see that he was really distressed. It all started when my great nan passed away um, on Christmas Day 2017. And um, from there, my, my life just spiralled out of control. I found a, an escape in drinking drugs. Um, so I was, I was drinking every day taking drugs most days. I used to have a girlfriend. I tried to keep her and the drugs separate. And it got to a point where I, I just couldn't, I couldn't keep them separate anymore. Like the drugs were taking over my life. And um, we ended and then that was a final straw for me. I, I decided one night that was it. Headed to the bridge. I was sitting. On my, in my car, um, and I was—I'd literally just sat myself. I was about to get out of the car, ready to jump. And this man tapped on my window. So I rolled it down. So I just started to chat with him, ask whether he's right, and but he clearly wasn't. So I was really concerned about it. So I just 
talked to him, asked him a few questions, and then I asked him whether it's right if I can pray for him, um, which I then did. Yeah, he, he held my arm, prayed for me, and once he'd finished praying, he said to me, he said to me, do you want to come back to my house for a cup of tea? I said, I said, no, you're right, mate. <laughs> so I finally said to him, listen, please just don't do anything silly. Um, and, and didn't know that God is with you. So I left and drove off, uh, but still wasn't comfortable with it. So I turned around again and went to park behind him, probably about 100 yards, and sat there for another 20 minutes or so, uh, just watching. I continued to pray and, and then I went home. So when Andre left, left me, he drove off in his car, I just sat there for about five minutes and I just thought, what am I doing? That's all that was going from my head, what am I doing? And then I sat there probably for another 10, 15 minutes and I just had a complete change of heart. Just a complete change of heart and I decided I don't want to do it, so I just I drove home. When I drove to work the next morning, I was a bit nervous, but then very pleased when I saw the car was not there anymore. There was an eight month, eight month gap between that event and me deciding to go to church. Um, and within them eight months, I could not get, I could not get that man on the bridge out of my head. One day I just decided, right, that's it. So I went to, um, I went to mum and dad's like family friends, our family friends, and I know they they go to church. So I, I waited for, their names Jenny and Dan. I waited for Dan to come downstairs and I was sitting in the garden with Jenny and my mum. I walked inside and I said, Dan, can I come to, can I come to church with you tomorrow? And he, he looked so shocked. So I started church and I met a guy called Quincy, who's an elder at my church. And he, he I'd like to say he sort of took me under his wing. Um, I've done a Just Looking course with Quincy and it's, it's just five weeks just to get to know Christianity a bit more and learn about Jesus and at the end of the five weeks you can, you can decide whether you want to believe or not believe. Um, so I, I decided to repent. I was on the 30th of November 2022. While I was saying, while I was repenting, I, I had this like feeling just flowing through me. I had my baptism on the 29th of January, 20, this year, 2023. And I had people there that, that basically my church said they've never seen so many people come to a baptism. Attending church 18 months later with the visiting preacher, Dale, um, he shared the story just at the start of his sermon about this uh, young guy that they're baptizing and really just very briefly what happened with him that he was on a bridge, someone prayed for him, met someone, met the Lord and now he's being baptized and as he was telling the story my wife was leaning over to me and she said, well, that was you? I said, yes it was. It was just a very emotional moment to hear that and to learn that and to really feel 
I really feel blessed by the Lord for knowing the fruit of what happened there. Just you don't always know when you speak to people what the outcome of that is. And for me, it was extremely encouraging just to to know that that event, which was only a few minutes, have actually ended up, and I could be privileged to hear the end of the story. If I didn't have that encounter on the bridge with with that man, if he never stopped praying for me, oh, I don't think I'd be here right now telling this, telling my story. <laughs>
you shouldn't do this, you can't swim. What about your family? What about your mum? And in this year, it was like the devil saying, just do it. Just end it all. You'll, you know, be fine. And I took the decision to turn the roundabout, the next roundabout that I got to. It was literally pouring with rain. And I was so distraught. And um, as I turned the roundabout, the rain literally just stopped. And there was a huge rainbow. It was just beautiful. And obviously the rainbow in the Bible means God's promise to us that it will never flood. Um, and I remember coming home and tearing up the letters, drying my eyes and looking back on my messages in 2018. Matt Cluck had been praying for me that weekend. And I got in touch with you, Ian, didn't I? And I said, I need to start Alpha. And I was the only one on that course. And it was like counselling. It was yeah. therapy. I didn't even have any questions, really, did I? No, there was a, I remember there was a moment, wasn't there? I think we were actually at Anne Newing's house. And we, we prayed for you, didn't we? Yeah. And what, what sort of happened at that moment? And how, have you, how has it affected your life since? Um, well, it's just peace. I, I can't... A bit like the video, really, mm. that peace, that wonderful light that comes into you, that you, you'd had this part missing in your heart, that it was like a jigsaw, that mm. piece had just been... Yeah. And Faye, life's not straightforward, is it? No. But, but you have uh, Jesus with you in your everyday. How does it affect you now and uh, in your everyday? Um, yeah, so everyday now, even going through a storm, which I've been going through for about a year quite badly... It's wonderful to know that it can come here. We have a God that loves us. We have somewhere, you know, without... Uh, I would have been just prescribed medication and told to mm. go away and get on with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and obviously that does... I'm not saying it didn't help, but it does help. Um, but knowing that there's strength from a, an almighty Father mm. that loves us, yeah. one that I never had on this earth. That's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. And the support from this church, the prayers... Um, it's just, it means everything. Yeah, it's amazing. Faye is just, uh, she's got the real heart of an evangelist as well. She's oft, she often texts me and says, I've been speaking to this person today. This is his name. Can you be praying for him? I've invited them to Alpha. Um, and it just kind of overflows from you, Faye. And it's just a joy to see um, God working. And in I have life. done Alpha three times. Yes. She, she was becoming an alphaholic, so we um, just... We had to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> we said, Faye, you can only come if you bring people now. But, but I um, must say, Alpha is amazing. It is. I've got to say, if you're thinking about coming to Alpha, do it. Because it opened up things for me that I didn't know about. Yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah, it just um, sort of really helped you understand and give you sort of understand clarity. Understand Christianity. Yeah. The testimonies were amazing, yeah. from a scientist even. Mm. They really do encourage you, and, and then once you do that, you can share it with others and bring other people along. And having Jesus in my life now, knowing what he died for us for, how he loves us, um, he loves us all. Mm. And I don't know where I'd be without faith yeah. now. I Amazing. really don't. Amazing. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Faith. Let's give her a round of applause, shall we? But also, let's give God the glory. We need to give thanks for him. He is the one that's working in it. And actually, that is the, what we saw in Faye's story and others, was the power of prayer, of the one that we pray to. When we call out to him, he does things. And when, there might be people you're praying for now and have been praying for for a long time. Um, God is working. And 
If the, all of a sudden the people that you're praying for experience difficulty in their life, it is more than likely that God is using that very situation for, to break in and for you to speak to them. And there's someone else actually that was being prayed for for a long time um, and uh, we're going to hear his story now. So Richard, come and uh, share what God has been doing. Let's give Richard uh, a warm welcome, shall we? Hi, thank you. Um, I've been coming to this church since the 25th of July last year. And uh, when I look and see all of you, so many of you I've got to know over the last three, six, nine months, particularly my Connect group. But at the same time, there's also about 20 to 30 people that are in this church, most of whom are here today, I can see, uh, who I've known for nearly 40 years. Um, but I want to concentrate on what happened to me last summer because it was a wonderful, sovereign act of grace in my life. Um, I came brought up in a non-Christian household uh, but got very thoroughly saved at the age of 14 and baptised the Holy Spirit and the first proper church I got uh, involved with and cemented into was this church when it was called Town Church in the days of the disinfected grotty building. Um, <laughs> I remember those days. Um, however, I went through a period where I really wasn't doing much of my Christian faith at all. I went from being so committed, I was at Bible college, I was working in evangelism and all sorts of things that were very good at the right time and things I wanted to do uh, for all the right reasons, but somehow or other I never lost my faith, but I did get lost. That is an understatement. Um, but God was with me all through it, even though I didn't acknowledge it at all times. And um, I want to concentrate uh, on what happened last summer because I could be here for 20 minutes and I appreciate the time. Um, but basically, in a nutshell, things started to really break into my life. I never lost my faith, but I prayed occasionally and having read the Bible so enthusiastically for so many years, I didn't touch it for far too many years, probably because I wouldn't like what it would have said as a mirror to my life, to be honest. And um, during lockdown, Several things happened in my, in my life with my family, a bit like uh, Ali was sharing. Uh, my parents were both nearly 90, and mum died, and then dad about seven months later. I'm an only child, and that never bothered me, but when you're in your early 50s, and suddenly you're grounded with the lockdown, and you've got a house to sort out, it's all a bit overwhelming. And now, of course, I would pray, but that didn't cross my little mind at that point. And yet my Heavenly Father looked after me. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I'll happily share with you privately. But basically different people came into my life and basically helped me. I'll give you one example. There was a family in this church years ago, the Livermore family, out of the blue, Joan Livermore, who now lives in Shrewsbury, rang me up. Goodness knows where she got my number from and said, what's happening in your life? And I said, well, this has happened. Oh, I'd like to come and help you sort your house out. And I said, oh, I don't really want to impose. You need help, Richard help is being offered. Why would you say no? It's Joan Livermore. Yeah, no, I said, um, no, I said, yes, that's great. Thank you. Of course, she regarded it as an evangelistic opportunity to get me back on track. So she, I didn't realize she'd been praying for me for years because a number of my friends like Adam and Rachel and, and so on had seen what had happened and despaired and still loved me and prayed for me. Anyway, let's spool forward. Basically, the Lord brought me back because he loved me and showed such mercy and grace to me. Mercy is not getting what you deserved. Grace, of course, is getting what you don't deserve. And I didn't deserve some of the things he gave me. So all the things happened with the house. The probate went through, nothing like you read in the papers. It just zoomed through. And I had a flood on the house. There was a 40,000 pound insurance claim that went through. I managed to sort the house, all these friends helping. I sold the house all within 
couple of months, and it, it seemed like it was just amazing. And even I, in my backslidden state, thought, I can see something is happening here. And um, so I decided to read the Bible. And I remember when I worked for a church full-time, Dale's Church, in fact, over in Oxted in 1988, one of the private goals I set for myself then was for the first time in my life to read the Bible in a year. And so I bought one of these, which is beautifully done because it spoon-feeds you. It has a chunk of old, new, a psalm and a couple of proverbs. So you haven't even got to look anything up. You just wake up and turn to the bookmark and it spoon-feeds you. For someone like me who's not good in the morning, that's good. And it really blessed me because it exposes you to the whole of Scripture, which is God-breathed, not just your favourite bits of the New Testament. So remembering that, I naively thought I would read the Bible. So I bought this and I started reading it on the 1st of July. I didn't even pray to ask God to speak to me like I would habitually have done years ago because I really was still quite fragile. And of course, you could see what was going to happen. Within days, I was being spoken to and convicted, and um, I didn't like that at all. Um, and then the first big thing happened was on a Friday, I had to make a big decision. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this. I hate conflict. I had verbally agreed, potentially, to uh, somebody building an extension in the back of my house. And in the end, they couldn't give me a thorough quote, and I just couldn't enter into something open-ended. I think it, I was concerned it, I, I might be taken for a ride. And the person who I had to confront and say, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to proceed, is a very strong-minded, uh, volatile person. And um, necessity being the mother invention, I ended up praying before I sent the email, just because I did not want a horrible phone call. I would get the phone call. And so, out of desperation, I said, Lord, I'm not in the right place. I'm sorry, I'm probably using you, but I need help. Please, please help. And um, this might sound silly. I was so desperate, I even laid hand on my computer as I pressed the <laughs> send and receive button. I was that sort of intrepidation. And then a really weird thing happened, a wonderful godly thing happened, in fact. Five minutes later, I felt the desperate burden to pray for this wretched man. And um, that did not come from me. And so I started praying. And I was praying fervently that God would bless him and that he would meet people and hear the gospel. And I thought, well, and after five minutes, I think, where did that come from? And it's amazing what can be recalled by the Holy Spirit that's stored. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful now as a young Christian, I did the Navigator's Memory Verse program for so many years because I had all these treasures stored away that I'd forgotten about. He rang, and instead of the torrent of vitriol that I would have expected, and I've seen him in action before, so I... I was confident of what I would get. He was like a pussycat. No, that's no problem at all. You know, you won't get a cheap, it wasn't about the price. I put the phone down, I nearly fell out of my chair, and I started thanking God and saying, even where I am now, yet you are faithful. It says in 1 Timothy, even when we're faithless, he is faithful. I never lost my faith, but it was dialed down to a very low level. And um, that weekend, I just kept on, a bit like Lewis, Obviously, I was saved, but with Lewis, that kind of earworm, the, you know, theologically in your head, it just wouldn't go away. And I thought, I need to get people to pray. And have you ever done this? When you really want some prayer, you wheel on the big guns. So I thought, right, I'm going to get a couple. He was an elder at the church in Oxford when I was there. They know me, know my exact circumstances. So I rang them up out of the blue. They were not a bit perplexed, but promised to pray. And I knew they would pray industrially, which is what I needed. And some dear friends of me lived locally, I used to work for him, Max and Sue Sinclair. I rang them up and said, help. And they said, no, that's no problem, we will pray. And I asked a couple more people, including Adam. So out of the blue, I saw Adam in this very room in that hot summer. And 
explained exactly that I was having to really wrestle with things that I didn't want to give up. And I, I said to Adam, C.S. Lewis described himself when he got converted as he was the reluctant convert, and I did not want to be the reluctant forward slider. I wanted to come willingly, <laughs> but I wanted to hold on to things, and I wanted God to change me because I wanted to be um, happy with, the, with what was happening. Anyway, we prayed, and on the Wednesday morning, it was the 20th, I woke up. I'd been reading this every day, and on that Wednesday morning, God spoke to me, and uh, time's against me, so I'll pray to it, but if you want to know the full details, come and speak to me afterwards. Basically, he said, there are things in your life which I don't like, and your life is disordered. But then he said, and you were right to say no to the builder. And I was so encouraged, because I didn't feel theologically hit over the head with the cast iron frying pan. I felt rescued. I knew my Heavenly Father was reaching out and saying, it's fine. And um, I did what I always do in these situations. I went and made a big mug of tea and came down and got my old Bible. And I thought, where shall I read? And I said, Lord, and I, I felt, I didn't hear him at that point, but I certainly did when I was in my bedroom, um, to read The Prodigal Son. You might think that's obvious, and we all know it so well. So I reached for my Bible, and I thought, right, that's Luke 15. I thought, that can't be right. And then as I was flipping the Bible, I thought, no, there are more, there are more parables in Luke. And I thought, it was amazing. It was like cogs were turning in my head. It was, it was like I was being switched on spiritually after having been so far away. And I was just about to read it, and I thought, nope, in context. So I thought, I'll read from the beginning of the chapter. As you probably know, there's, this, there's the parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the lost coin, and then the parable of the two sons. And as I read the sheep, I was saying, Lord, please speak to me. And as I read it, I cannot tell you, it wasn't a new revelation no one's had before, but for me it was the most important thing I think I'd ever heard for years. And I literally said out loud, Lord, I am a sheep. Now you might think that's bizarre, I'm not a goat, they're unbelievers, I'm a sheep. I'm your sheep and you're my shepherd, you're not just a shepherd, you're a good shepherd. John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, I am in the palm of your hand. All this stuff came churning out of me. And then, um, then I read about the coin, I was going, why, why was she looking for the coin? It's because she owned the coin, Lord, I belong to you. You know, you bought me with a price, I've been ransomed, I've been redeemed, you've sealed me the Holy Spirit. I mean, all this stuff was gush. I was like preaching to myself, it was really weird. And of course, when I got to the parable of the prodigal son, I was absolutely in bits, and I'm not a very emotional person. And I just cried out to God and just repented. It was just so heartfelt and so resolute and so thorough. By the end of that day, I had destroyed some things in my house. Nothing that you could come to my house, you wouldn't have seen anything apparently dodgy, but they were things that to me were above God, and to me they were idols. And they were things that I was displacing the, person, the, the, the God who I worship. And um, I sent a text to Adam saying, stuff's happening, can I come round? And when I told him what had happened, he said, well, you have to understand this morning, this Wednesday, that this had all happened. There was a prayer meeting in this very room, and we were praying for prodigals. And he said, I even said, a friend of mine, I didn't mention your name, came to see me on Monday, can we just pray for him? And um, my life has been turned upside down. And just to conclude, I just want to thank you for the love and kindness and friendship you've all shown me, especially my Connect group, and old friends and new friends uh, alike. I came on that first Sunday on the 25th with some trepidation, not because I don't think you're nasty people, but to me it felt like going backwards, oh, that's where I was 20 years ago. So I sat with a security blanket called Rachel Northcroft, <laughs> and um, Adam was at the front. And um, at the end of the worship, I won't say who, but... A couple who I've known for donkey's ears tapped me on my shoulder and I turned around and they, I don't think they said anything, but I saw two smiling faces and it just said to me, it's you, you're here, it's fantastic. And I thought, I resolved that day, I thought, right, this is where I need to be. So, you know, it's been, I, 
it's been fantastic, it's been difficult because I've had to give up lots of things, but everything I've given up and got rid of and sacrificed, I've, I've regarded as worship, and um, I'm so grateful that God is faithful, even when we're faithless. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? Amazing story. Well done, Richard. And just the power of praying, calling out to God. It's never too late. We've heard about people being spoken to on their deathbeds. You may be praying for people that are far away from God right now that are in your family. It's never too late. Keep praying. Keep pursuing. He's good, isn't he? This is real. This is life. You're hearing people meeting with a living God today and we're just going to end our time now we're going to there's a video um, from Jeremy and Laura Webb Jeremy and Laura are a couple that we've been supporting for many years now Um, they planted a church in Bethlehem in South Africa um, a number of years ago then God called them out of South Africa uh, and now they're now in a place called Watamu in Kenya um, and they are um, supporting, encouraging and building up and training um, indigenous missionaries to go into unreached tribes and people groups in Kenya and Somalia and uh, beyond. So there's just a little video that we're going to hear from them and then we're going to pray for them. Hi everyone, Jeremy and Laura here, um, sending you greetings from Wutamu in Kenya um, and wanting to give you an update on what Jesus is doing. Yeah, in 2022 we felt Jesus very clearly lead us to be Um, a support um, uh, and an encouragement to ministers of the gospel, whether that's pastors in the UK or missionaries in East Africa. Um, And so that's what we are doing while we are here uh, and also what we do when we're back in the UK. We are looking to um, just see uh, missionaries uh, who are working amongst unreached tribes just be resilient and able to um, withstand the, 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 the troubles that are constantly coming up against them. So we've been visiting, um, just tra- uh, traveling along the coast here, going to see the people that Jesus has miraculously connected us with, and praying and worshiping with them, and just bringing an encouragement. Um, we've also uh, had the opportunity to teach at a church in Mombasa on uh, disciple making. Um, and Discovery Bible Studies. And then next week we'll um, be also teaching at another conference, which is a a gathering of um, young people who are looking to move to Arabia um, and and being sent out with with the intention of reaching the Arabians for Jesus. Um, So we're quite excited about that. This week we have um, probably the highlight of our trip. Um, So do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Um, So one of the things that we're very aware of is that this is a hard call. It's not an easy thing to um, put yourself in challenging circumstances where often people are resistant to the gospel. Um, But also a lot of the guys we're working with and walking alongside have very little support, financial support, emotional support, spiritual support, and they're quite isolated, a lot of them in really rural areas. Um, But Jesus has been showing us, training us um, through academic study, but also through the word, Um, about the things that people need to stay resilient and to be able to process some of the grief, some of the disappointment, some of the hurts, but also to gather together to feel valued and celebrated to see what Jesus is doing amongst us and in this nation um, and to look at the big picture 
So we're gathering those that he's connected us with um, to build friendship with one another. Many are bringing their families and we'll have fun on the beach together and um, we'll eat together, we'll worship, but we'll also um, take time to process some of these things. Um, and we're really excited to see um, them leave here freshly filled with his presence, with his love, with his goodness and freshly uh, full of faith to go and see what he will do. Mm. So the other thing that we've been doing is um, going into a forested area north of Melindi, a bit more remote, um, because uh, there's a group of uh, men there that we've uh, just got to know through Arosha, who we work with here, um, and just uh, investing in them, um, getting to know them, um, and looking for people of peace amongst them to, that might break open uh, that area for the gospel um, and also that we might find some people that are willing to, to lo lay down their lives and go north into the much more unreached areas towards Somalia. Um, so if you are praying for us, please pray for that group in Bikacha, particularly pray for a, a man called Baraka, who, who I, I wonder is it, if he's a, pe a person of peace. Um, please also pray for these uh, missionaries that are all coming here today. Um, you can find the names of them from your leaders. And um, if you adopt one of them for prayer, that would be fantastic. Um, it would really mean a lot to them. Please keep praying for, for us as a family. Pray for Laura and I's marriage. Uh, the girls are doing super well and, and actually really love the, 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 the transition um, in lots of ways. Um, there, are, there are challenges, but uh, they, they are doing very well. Um, but we, we just need to, uh, to know his presence. We need to, to just know his guidance and where to put our time. Um, so, yeah, if you can please uh, hold us and all that we're doing and all that Jesus is doing in prayer, that would be fantastic. And hopefully we will get to see you again soon. Have I forgotten anything else? No, you did well. <laughs> we'll Thanks. see. See you soon. Bye. Okay. Right. We're going to pray now. Can I invite you to stand? Uh, maybe you can pray in ones or twos or people in your row. Um, there's a, some bullet points that are going to come up that we can pray for. We're going to pray for the, the people that Jeremy and Laura talked about. And we're going to pray for Alpha as well. So if those points could come up. There they are. Um, so we want to uh, pray for the unreached remote group of men that they're trying to uh, reach and support. Pray for this guy, Baraka, that he is a person of peace and the missionaries heading to North Kenya and the Webster's a family. So why don't we just call out to God together. Maybe you could pray as well with your uh, people next to you uh, and then we'll pray for the Alpha course. Come on. We just give Jeremy and Laura to you. We thank you for them. We thank you for their journey. We thank you for for us being able to journey with them. And Lord, we just lift them to you right now. I pray that your presence will come and enfold them, will come and bless them, come and equip them. Lord, I pray for each area of the work that's been mentioned. We pray for this unreached remote group of men. I pray that you will prepare these men already before they are reached for the gospel. Lord Jesus, we pray for Baraka. Lord, we, we just thank you that you've put him on Jeremy's heart, Lord, and, and almost identified him already. I pray that he will come through to be a man of God, not just a person of peace, but a man of God. Father, we pray for missionaries, Lord. We pray for more missionaries heading into the north of Kenya to unreached areas. I pray that even now, right this day, Lord, you will put this on their hearts to go, Father, to go north. And Father, we just pray for each one of the Webb family. 
We just pray, Lord God, that you will give them all that they need. I pray, Father, that you will bless, that you will give them good health, that, Father, they will be always an encouragement to one another. I pray for each of the girls, Lord Jesus, that you will um, make them into mighty women of God. Lord, I pray that you will um, put your Holy Spirit within them, that even at their tender young age, scriptures will be almost engraved on their hearts and they will become, Lord Jesus, missionaries for you. Pray for um, Jeremy and Laura's marriage. Father, we thank you for them. They're such a testimony and a witness, but we know the enemy just loves to undermine and get in. And we pray against this. We pray for protection for them. We pray for blessing for them. We pray that they will fall in love with one another again and again and again. But more than that, may they as a family fall in love with Jesus every day. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just want to lift up the Alpha course to you that's starting this Wednesday. We pray, Father, for um, invites that have already gone out, Lord. Will you start to stir hearts and, and convict people to come? Lord Jesus, we, we pray for those that come, Lord. We pray for, the, for great uh, conversations and fellowship, but Lord, we pray that God will break into the lives of those attending. Lord Jesus, we cry out to you and say, Lord, will you save those who are coming lord jesus we pray uh, for those that have been far from you you draw them near lord jesus we pray lord god for salvation and the miraculous to happen on this course in jesus name amen amen